Well, good morning, everybody. It's such a joy to always come and bring the word to you. Can I say I love the word of God and how good it is that we can come together as the church, no matter where we are, to come around the word. I want to talk to you about a topic that I get asked the most. When I travel as I pastor, as I'm in different places in our church here or other parts of the world, the question I get asked the most is not how do, how do I make a million bucks in a week? The question I get asked is not how do I get a spouse or you know, how do I change and get a new career? The question I get asked the most in any circle, be it church, funny enough, or non-church circle is how do I hear the voice of God? And, and, and if anything during this time, that's exactly what people want to know. They want to get a word from God. They want to hear the voice of God. And so the title of my message is Hearing the Voice of God. Uh, I think we know this for a fact that the voice of God is the greatest thing that we can treasure. Uh, you know, there's nothing more in life that we can treasure than the voice of God. In fact, when we don't hear the voice of God, it's almost like we are dead in our souls. We are dead in our spirits. And the voice of God is one of the greatest things that we can treasure. And I want to lay a foundation today to help you understand and then eventually give you some practical steps that will help you understand on how to receive and hear from God. The first thing we got to understand is that hearing the voice of God has to do with the mindset. If you have a mindset that God doesn't want to talk, that's exactly what happens. The Bible talks about how faith is pleasing to God and how God is attracted to our faith. So if, if, I, have, if I have a mindset that says God doesn't want to talk to me, that's also faith because I have faith that God doesn't want to talk to me. But if I have the mindset that God wants to talk to me, that's, that is faith and that is invitational and that attracts the presence of God. So it begins with a mindset and especially those of us. In fact, I find people that have grown up in church uh, long, for a longer time are sometimes the people that struggle to hear the voice of God. I find that sometimes new Christians, people that have just found Jesus, uh, that haven't had a relig religion or a traditional background, they seem to be able to just get into it. They just sort of like, Jesus found me, I'm a sinner. He set me free. He's forgiven me. Boom, you know, all access. But I find sometimes, especially when you grow up in church, it's sort of like we can, we, can, we can know about God, but it feels a bit like He's distant. And it's just sort of like, does He want to talk to me? I've known Him as this old angry guy that comes out only around Christmas and Easter, you know, and, and we have this mindset sometimes, you know, but I want to break that and I want you to firstly know that even more than you are willing and, and, and eager to hear the voice of God, God is more eager to talk to you. God is talkative. He is in his nature. He wants to constantly. That's why he created you. He created you so that he could interact with someone that has emotions, that has thoughts, that has, that has ideas. You know, we love our kids. We love uh, our, both our daughters, but at least especially when she talks, it's sort of like, wow, he's another creation who's using her own intellect and understanding and thought processes and talking back to me as a father. That's exactly what God sees when we talk to him and when he talks to us. The second thing I want to share just to set a foundation is that I found that the most specific my questions are with God, the most specific God's answers are to me. So if I just say something like, God, talk to me, or, ah, you know, sometimes people say, I would like to just hear the voice of God. You know, God, understands that but that can be sometimes a courtesy prayer it can be one of those prayers of just like you know well, it would be a nice idea if God talks to me but God 
wants more than that. And I find that the more specific I am, the more specific God's response is. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to give us uh, what I call a blueprint. And it's going to come from literally two chapters. I'm just going to share two scriptures and we're going to go on a journey in a few bits and pieces. But literally two, two scriptures in the Bible from the book of Habakkuk that I believe is going to speak to us in a powerful way. In fact, fun fact, the first sermon I preached I believe I was 14 or 15, was from the book of Habakkuk. It was actually from Habakkuk chapter 2. I think it was 17 minutes long and uh, it was a great message. But Habakkuk chapter 1 begins with this, with this disgruntled, uh, complaining prophet. And this prophet is, is frustrated because he's sort of like, why is this happening? Why is Israel being, this is happening? Why has there been a delay? Uh, and, and some of us have those questions. Why is COVID happening? Why has been a bit of delay? Why is that happening? Why are the airports closed? Why can't I get called into work? Why is my bank account in this place? We might have a lot of questions. And so chapter one, he's asking all these questions. And then chapter two, he does a few things. He does just two things and two or three things. And chapter two, the first part, and then God begins to speak. And I find, I find, I call it a blueprint to hearing God. So Habakkuk chapter two, verse one, it starts with this. I will climb up, climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. I will climb up to my watchtower. So the first thing we notice here is that there's, the, there's a posture when it comes to hearing God. And that posture is rise up. So if you're taking notes, my first point is rise up. Rise up or in brackets you can call it scale up or ascend. We find that anytime people were going to hear the voice of God or they were going to connect with God in scripture, there was a posture they would end up, end up in. Daniel prayed three times a day. The Bible spoke about how Jesus withdrew himself from the multitude so he could withdraw into God. There's a posture there. And I find that it's hard to hear God when we have all these distractions around us. We're surrounded by static. We're surrounded by noise. We're surrounded by news updates. We're surrounded by text. Now, even though our lives have gone into a bit of a lockdown, we are still surrounded by most stuff. I want you to know, here's the thing. I want you to know that the way the world is designed is the world is competing against the voice of God. So all that, you know, when you know when you jump on Netflix and they put you give you a suggestion because you watch, watch this. You know, you might be interested in this. And that's all cool. I'm not against Netflix show. I like I like a good show every now and then, but there's all these voices and there's all these content that's been created by all these cool content creators that's actually coming in the way of the content of God's kingdom. And, and God is saying, I want to, if you can take a moment, if you can just stop the noise, if you can stop the static, if you can just withdraw for a moment, God's not, I'm not speaking against that, but I'm saying if you can withdraw for a moment, stand on that watchtower like Habakkuk and position yourself to hear the voice of God. One of the most practical things I do when I pray is I take this device, that's my phone, and I, and, I, and I scroll, I just put, pull the scroll down button. I just sort of swipe down. And on the left corner, there's this little picture of an aeroplane. And I press that. Uh, I call my withdrawal, my ascend, my uh, rising up to the watchtower. I call it aeroplane mode. That's my air. So the first thing you want to do is you want to go on aeroplane mode to hear the voice of God. You've got to click that plane and go on aeroplane mode. Let me tell you, when you do that, something powerful happens. The second thing, the second key that you're going to find is in verse one, it says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. And then it says, there I will wait. And that's my second point. My second point is wait. Literally, if you want to hear from God, there's only one key. And this is the main key. If you forget everything else I say today, the main key to hearing the voice of God is waiting. 
Just wait. The biggest key to hearing the voice of God is waiting. But the problem is that we live in an anti-waiting age. Not an anti-aging. We do live in an anti-aging, but we also live in an anti-waiting age. I mean, we determine the quality and service of anything based on how little time they made us wait. The more little time you made me wait, the better your service, the better the product, the better the delivery, all of that. But when it comes to God, waiting is a key element. In fact, with God, the longer you wait, the better the delivery, the better the product, the better the, the content, the better the download from heaven, the longer. The, now, the, now, sometimes when we talk about waiting, people, and I've heard people preach this way. I've heard pastors say, yeah, you got to wait because you're just a microwave generation. You're, you know, it sort of like beats down people. But here's the thing. I want you to know the heart of God, because I feel sometimes God's heart is misrepresented just by some of these principles. The reason why God desires of us or this relationship desires of us to wait is not because God is mean and old. It's not because God is any of that. In fact, he's not old. The Bible, you know, he's we've never sort of seen God as an old figure. He's so relevant. He's just there and present. Uh, And God is always up with the times. Uh, He's the creator of all times. But the reason why God makes us wait or God desires of us wait is so that we can calm our minds. Our mind is moving at a thousand k's an hour. We're constantly in motion. There's a thought here. There's a thought there. While we're thinking a thought, another thought comes. And while that thought is thinking itself, there's a thought that comes upon it. Next thing you know, you're like in a movie, you know, and you're just like, what's going on? Am I sleeping and I'm awake, you know? And, and there's a, but the reason why you wait is just to calm your mind. In reality, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not so much that we are waiting on God, but rather that God is waiting on us. Because we might start the waiting process this moment, even right now, let's just say, let's just wait on God. But we might start it right here, but God has been waiting on us. He's saying, I'm waiting for you, child. I'm waiting for you, son. I want you to hear your daughter. I want you to draw in. And unfortunately, the problem is we hurry and we have what we call espresso prayer lives. This is one shot and I'm gone. Uh, you know, an espresso prayer life. But I want you to know, I want you to hear this. Hurry is the death of intimacy. God doesn't want you to rush into his presence and have a just a drive through prayer life. He wants you to he doesn't want you to hurry. He wants you to enter into his presence. He wants you to wait in his presence. Hurry is the death of intimacy. Every relationship that's been hurried, we know for a fact, every relationship that's been hurried is really not a relationship. You know, a relationship has a pace, a relationship has a stage, a relationship has sequences. And in the same way, God desires that of us. I think sometimes we want results, but God wants relationships. We want rewards, but God says, I want you. In fact, Psalm 62 verse 5, this is what David says. David says, let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is in him. I love it because it says, let all that I am. Another translation says, let all of me. What is all of me? What is all of you? All of me is my mind. All of me is my emotion. All of me is my focus. All of me is my phone. All of me is my book. All of me, unless you can calm all of you and wait before God, that's when God begins to speak. In other words, what I'm trying to say is inner calm, creates intercom. Inner calm, when you begin to calm what's on the inside, it creates intercom to hear the voice of God. 
There's a story of a king in the Bible. Uh, there are so many incredible kings in the Bible, and God would always give them cool strategies. I don't know if you've ever read these crazy stories. God says, attack this way, or do this, or do that. But there was this king in the Bible called Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, in fact, I believe it's 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20, where Jehoshaphat, in fact, in, fact if you, if you, in some Bibles, it's called a battle of being surrounded. He was surrounded by not just one kingdom, he was surrounded by two kingdoms. He was surrounded by the Moabites and the Ammonites. Two, two different kingdoms come to, came together saying, we're going to take this guy down. And Jehoshaphat starts praying, and I want you to hear God's strategy. God gives him this incredible strategy. Check it out. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. God says, but you will not even need to fight. Take your position, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or, or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. I want you to notice, God has a great master plan, and there is no plan. All He says is, don't even sharpen your swords. Don't even take out the map. I want you to turn up to battle, but just stand still. In other words, He was saying, wait on me. They were surrounded, and God says, wait on me. I believe this is a prophetic word for someone watching. Some of you watching, you have been surrounded, not just by one army, you've been surrounded by two armies. You've been surrounded by financial difficulties, you've been surrounded by relationship difficulties, you've been surrounded by health difficulties, but here's the word of the Lord for you. The Lord is saying, don't just go against that and quote this scripture and quote that scripture. Take a moment and just pull back and wait and see what the Lord is about to do. The battle belongs to the Lord. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. And I want you to know He's going to make a roadway in that wilderness even through what you're going through. Here's my third thought from Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. He says, I will stand on my watchtower. I will wait and see. Then, it's, then, then the, the first, first, first verse itself, check out what it says in, in the New Living Version. It says, I will look to see what he will say to me. I want to repeat this again. I will look to see what he says to me. My third point is this, look to see. I don't know if you noticed something. It says, I will look to see, but I think that's sort of wrong English because he should say, I will listen to hear what he says to me. It should be, I will listen to hear what he says to me. But the Bible says, I will look to see what he says to me. I believe the Bible has given us a key here. And I believe perhaps the Bible is telling us that we've been using the wrong organ. That sometimes we're waiting to hear a word when God is saying, I want you to open your eyes. Don't just open your ears, but also open your eyes. What am I trying to say? I want you to stop waiting for a word and start looking for a verse. I want you to stop waiting for a word and start looking for a verse. The way you know that you're hearing God is by hearing God before. You're like, what does that mean? I'll explain it to you. You know, my wife, Leah, we've got a great relationship. But for, there's been moments where maybe her phone's out of credit, or not out of credit, but her phone's out of battery, and she needs to grab somebody else's phone and call me. And there's been times when she's called me, and it's an unknown number, but the moment she calls me and she says, Alwyn, it's not like, uh, hey, Alwyn, I'm your wife, Leah. We had a holiday in Bahamas. <laughs> you know, we had sushi the other day. We had, you know, shrimp on the barbie. You know, <laughs> none of that. It's just the moment she says my name. In fact, the way she says my name, I know what kind of 
status we are at. Am I running late, Alwyn? Or did you forget the shopping, Alwyn? Or I miss you, Alwyn? Or we got to spend some time, Alwyn? Why do I know when my wife calls me from any cell phone on the planet? Because I've heard her voice before. The way you know God is talking today is by hearing how he spoke yesterday. And it's by, and, 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 and guess what? We have a great book called the Bible filled with his words of how he spoke to his people, of how he spoke to his children. And I think it's really important that we see this. And I want to take a moment to even talk about seeing, because I think a lot of times we don't recognize how powerful our inner eyes are. Not, not our visual eyes alone, but our inner eyes. Uh, I believe that one of the greatest ways the Holy Spirit speaks to people is through visions and dreams. And when I look at our church, and when I look at uh, even, even what we're doing today, church on Zoom, and how we're doing church, you know, a lot of this is stuff that sometimes when I'm in worship, I see and I have pictures, little mental pictures that God shows. Oh, let's do this and let's do this and let's do this. And, you know, what hap- what's happening here in Brisbane? What's happening here in the Middle East? It's all little mental flashes that God puts in the middle of worship. And I want to encourage you. Some of you have already been hearing from God, but you're like, ah, oh, God's not talking to me. I'm hoping God will talk to me one day. God is like, literally, I'm dropping mental images. I'm dropping pictures in your head. It may be God talking to you. I will look to see what he has to say. And the next, the last point is write it down. In verse two, we read, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, write down the revelation. Here's the thing. A lot of people think they don't hear God, but the truth is a lot of people don't remember that they heard God. A lot of people think that they don't hear God, but a lot of people actually don't remember that they had heard God. What do we mean by that? Anytime I've got a journal that I carry around and I've got journals upon journals, I've got things on my phone. Anytime God's talking, anytime God's dropping, I'm, I'm writing away, I'm typing away. Why? Because God, I have the conviction, remember what I shared earlier, I have the conviction that God's talking all the time. In fact, even right now, if you take a moment, God will speak to you. God will speak to me. God is talking all the time. So I've got, I've, I've built a posture where I'm like, I've got my book on standby and I'm ready to write what you have to say. And the reason we do that, can I encourage every person to start journaling? To get a notebook to, you know, you're like, I can't do shopping. Well, jump on Amazon or something and get a notebook. They'll post it to your home or let us know. We'll send you a book. Uh, You know, get a notebook or get something tangible. Get a Bible and start writing. Start writing. In fact, one of the kings in the Bible, he was obsessed with writing. And I want to to read to you Psalm 45 verse 1 in the message translation. David says this. Check out what he says. My heart bursts its banks, spilling beauty and goodness. I will pour it out in a poem to the king, shaping the river into words. So let's break it down. So David's pretty much saying, my heart is bursting with beauty and goodness. So what what we can pick from that is pretty much that he's been in the presence of God and he's just having a good time. Goosebumps upon goosebumps. And, and we all have had those moments in worship. Maybe it was today in worship. Maybe it was in one of your times with God. I, I want to encourage you to put on music. If not just, don't just wait for Sunday. Or don't just wait for a Friday. You know, have a time where you can just get into God's presence. Maybe it's when you're driving. Maybe it's when you wake up. But you know those moments where you feel like, man, God is in the house. My heart is bursting with the goodness of God. My heart is bursting with hope. 
But then check out what he says. I, I pour it out. So David does something with his emotions. I think a lot of us emotionally connect with God, but he harnesses his emotion. He says, and I pour it out in a poem to the king. Now, which king? He's already a king. He's talking about God. He's talking about God the king. But then he says something, shaping the river into words. Do you know the Bible calls the presence of God like a river? Shaping the river. See, God's assignment is to send the river. Our assignment is to write the words. God's assignment is to fill our moments with the river. He's the river. We're not the river. He's the river. He's the source of the river. Shaping the river into words. How powerful is that? If we could be a people that would write down and take little, little things that God says and it becomes such a powerful tool in your life. I want to encourage you as you're watching. God is more eager to speak to you than you are to listen. And maybe you're like, oh, wow, I want to hear the voice of God. Let me tell you the most practical way to first hear the voice of God is to receive Jesus. And if you haven't received Jesus in your life, He is the access key. He is the password. He is the entryway. And so, and so I want to, in fact, uh, we've got some bonus materials uh, that'll come up on our Instagram and IGTV that I want to share with you. But I want to pray with you. And if you're saying, I need to receive Jesus, I want you to email, it, email us. It'll come up on the screen. I want you to comment or do whatever. There'll be people that'll help you and give you some practical steps. But I want to pray for us that we would, number one, just have faith to believe that God really wants to talk to all of us. Father, I pray for your church here in this room, for your church on Zoom in Australia, for your church on Zoom in Dubai and in other parts of the world, I pray in the name of Jesus that the same power that raised up Christ from the dead is present everywhere. And I pray, God, that there will be faith among us, knowing that you're a good God, that you want to talk to us, that you want your children to hear your voice. In fact, you said, I no longer call you servants. I'll call you friends. I call you sons and daughters. So because you know what's on my heart, you've heard my voice. And I pray, God, that people would have a change in posture and say, God is good. He wants to talk to me. And I pray even this week that we will hear stories of people that will hear your voice, that will see visions and dreams, that will have dreams of you at night, people that are just sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Lord, in the middle of this pandemic, let us not be compressed. Let us not be oppressed. Let us not be pushed down, but let us be refreshed. Let us rise up knowing that we are hearing your voice. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for watching. We just want you to know we love you. This is one of my favorite topics here in the voice of God. And I want you to share with us if God's been speaking to you this week, because I believe God is doing great things among us. God bless.